Oklahoma. Had a mobile home we'd bought, and we lived there while, we, while I went to school. So we had it up for sale. But there was also one for sale down the street. And it, if I remember right, the gal that we loved so much that was so good to us owned that mobile home, I think. I don't remember. But. So they came to look at our mobile home, and we just knew we were going to sell it. Because we're moving back here. Well, they came, they looked at it, and I thought they liked it. And before long, they said, isn't there another one down the street? I said, oh, yeah, but I think there's something wrong with the roof. I've never forgot that. That was over 40 years ago. Now, that was character flaw. And as a result, we lost money on that. It didn't sell. It didn't sell. It didn't sell. I don't remember what happened, but we took a loss on that mobile home. Now, I say that because God, it's so important, our character. God knows us. He knows what we're going to do. But sometimes we don't know what we're going to do, and we find out real quick. If the kids are fussing, would you mind taking them out, please? Just for a little bit, if they are. Into the nursery, that's fine. So I wasn't very proud of myself. Amen? Now, how does God see us? He sees us as vessels. We said in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, but we have this treasure, what, in earthen vessels. Say, I have a treasure. It's the Holy Spirit. Then we said that, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the Master and prepared for every good work. So we need to be vessels of honor. Amen? Then we gave you another one, one more. Remember, Paul was called as a chosen vessel. We're called to be chosen vessels. Amen? Ephesians 1, 4 says, Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before Him in love. John 15, 16, You did not choose Me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. Amen? Now, I've been waiting to minister this message. I thought I was going to do it weeks ago, three or four weeks ago. I was on my knees praying and uh, listening. Sometimes it's good to shut up. And I heard these words distinctly. She broke the alabaster box. She broke the alabaster box. I knew right away where that was at. How about you? That was really odd because I wasn't even praying along those lines, but when God speaks to you, you know it. She broke the alabaster box. Look at Mark 14. I'll read this to you. It's in Matthew. It's recorded in John and then in Luke 7, the prostitute, remember, broke the, the flask and anointed the feet of Jesus. 
and wiped his feet with her hair. Let's read this. It says in Mark 14, And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly gold, or spikenard, oil of spikenard, and she broke the flask, poured it on his head, but there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, Why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She's done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, and whenever you wish, you may do them good. But me you do not have always. She's done what she could. She's come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Assuredly, I say to you that wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world that this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. So... Mary broke the alabaster flask or box. Let me give you a little bit of a history. The anointing at Bethany was the residence, residence of Lazarus. Lazarus. Remember Lazarus who was raised from the dead? He had two sisters. Who were they? Martha and Mary. Who was the one that was busy all the time? Martha. Who sat at the feet of Jesus? Mary. But also it was home to uh Simon the leper, and if you look at that, in my Bible it goes back to, I think, Matthew 8, and it talks about the leper that was healed. So this was all taking place at the home of a healed leper. All right? In John chapter 1, Jesus is anointed for the ministry, but here he was anointed for his burial. Jesus had previously announced his death in Matthew 16, but his disciples did not believe him. Mary, on the other hand who sat at his feet and heard his word, had must have received revelation of his impending death. This was the only anointing his body received. The women who came later to the tomb to perform his anointing found it empty. Scripture reveals that Mary broke the flask and anointed the head and feet of Jesus and wiped them with her hair. And as a result, the house was filled with fragrance of this oil. This oil of spikenard was imported to Israel in alabaster boxes. Okay? This costly oil was derived from the dried roots and stems of the nard, a herb from Asia. They were stored and they were only used for special occasions. When guests would arrive, it was customary to anoint them with this oil. The flask Mary broke was worth almost a year's wages. Think about that. The power of the Holy Spirit has always been symbolized by oil. Now, how many of you know the Scripture, Acts 10.38? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good, healing all that are oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Just hang on. I didn't know it would be that violent. But you know what? You'll never forget it. Okay. Thank you. We'll let you do that later. Here's the spiritual truth, and this is what I want you to get because we've been talking about vessels. And this last vessel is a broken vessel. 
See, the last vessel is a broken vessel. God's anointing, are you listening? Only flows through broken vessels. God's anointing only flows, people, through broken vessels. Brokenness releases the anointing, and the anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. So we think we're going to minister to people in the days ahead, and we want to see miracles and great healings and exciting things. It's not going to happen unless your vessel and my vessel is broken. Now, when I heard those words, she broke the alabaster box. I wept because I knew there was a breaking taking place in my life. And when a breaking comes, folks, it's not fun. But everyone in this room has character flaws. Everyone in this room maybe has some hidden sin. Nobody else might know it. The person you're sitting next to might not know it. But the Father knows it. And if we think we're going to minister to a lost and dying world, you might as well forget it. If you are, are not a broken vessel. That's not oil, by the way. It's water. So it won't stay in the carpet. God's anointing flows best through broken vessels. Say it with me. God's anointing flows best through broken vessels. A broken vessel is a vessel used by God. Broke or break in King James means to break in pieces, to shatter. Was that it? It's what it means in the Greek. To break in pieces, to shatter, to bruise, to smash, to crush, to trample upon. Steve, a wild Mustang will never be useful until it is broke. Now in the Hebrew... We have a different word, but it's the same. It means the same thing. It's contrite. Say contrite. That means crushed in spirit. To break in pieces. To be humbled. To be bruised and smitten. Who's this sound like? To be repentant. Let me read you a few scriptures. Psalms 51, verse 16. For you did not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. One translation states, broken down with sorrow for sin and humbly and thoroughly repentant. Another version, going through the motions doesn't please you. A flawless performance is nothing to you. I learned God worship when my pride was shattered. Heart-shattered lives ready for love don't for a moment escape God's notice. Now, this is kind of a somber message, but you know this is kind of a somber day. 
Isaiah 57, 15, For thus says the high and lofty one, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit. To revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. The Father, our Creator, is saying this. I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a what? A contrite and humble spirit. Did you notice that it says holy place with Him? That means we're with Him. Right beside Him. That blows my mind, doesn't it? A broken vessel is also a teachable and humble vessel. You and I need to ask ourselves, how teachable am I? I can't answer that. But you need to ask yourself tonight how teachable you are. John 8, verse 28 says, Jesus said, as my Father taught me. As my Father taught me. Say, taught me. I speak these things. Jesus was taught. Jesus was teachable by the Father. This word is used to describe the relationship between teacher and pupil, instructor and, and apprentice. Your teachability implies that you have a good relationship with the teacher. Do you have a good relationship with the teacher? I can't answer that, but you can. 1 John 2.27, But the anointing which you've received from Him abides in you. Say, the anointing I've received from the Father abides in me. Scripture says, And you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you, concerning all things is true and is not a lie, just as it is taught you, you will abide in Him. The Holy Spirit, which is the anointing, is designed to teach us all things. Unfortunately, unfortunately many believers are not very teachable by God or by man. You and I, the Bible says, are to receive with meekness the implanted Word of God which is able to save our soul. Look at Luke 20. Luke 20. This is the parable of the wicked vine dressers and for the sake of time I'm not going to read all of it. But look at verse 17. It says, Then he looked at them and said, What then is this that is written? Now listen. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Whoever falls on that stone will be what? But on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. And the chief priests and the scribes at very hour sought to lay hands on him, but they feared the people, for they knew he had spoken this parable against them. Now listen to this statement very carefully. Because this is the hour, this is the season the church is in. But most Christians don't have a clue. But you do, right? Now listen. You and I can choose to fall on the rock. Who's the rock? Jesus, the Word of God. 
and be broken and changed or the rock can fall on us and grind us to powder. Deals with judgment. We're in an hour, folks, we need to judge ourselves. Not your neighbors. Not the preacher. Not the worship leader. Not those people that you work with. But you and I need to judge ourselves. Amen? This process of breaking can be difficult if you stubbornly resist. And see, when, when the Spirit of God spoke to me, she broke the alabaster box. I knew that there were some areas in my life Maybe I've been resisting. Maybe I've been, here's another word, neglecting. And it, it just went right to the core. And I've learned when I get words like that to take time and not preach them right away because many times it's for me personally. He'll speak to you and tell you, if you ask him, That's why I waited a few weeks, and I go through the weeks and, and uh, pray and seek God and examine. That's what communion is all about, folks, is examining our own heart. This process of breaking can be difficult if you stubbornly resist. The alabaster box or flask represents you and I, our vessel, our flesh, our life. You and I can allow the brokenness to occur and be emptied of all our own pride and selfish ambition and totally surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And then if we do that, all that pours forth will be the life and the love of Jesus to a lost and dying world. Are you getting it? Now, if God's dealing with the preacher. What about you? No chastening is pleasant for the moment, but it's necessary. God is preparing us for the days ahead. Amen? Now, I'll end with this, and then we'll... Why don't you come on up, please? The most important thing right now is repentance. Say repentance. That's where the church is at. This is the hour that, that we have to examine our hearts. We need to repent of our sin. Sins of omission, sins of commission. Commission. John the Baptist said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus Christ said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repentance is the only way into the kingdom of God. 
You can't get into the kingdom of God unless you repent. Repent of what? Your sin. And there's really, when you stop and think about it, and you've heard me say that there's only one sin that keeps you out of heaven. And it's rejecting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's not hard, folks. Peter in Acts 2, 38 preached, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Rick Renner, the Greek scholar, says this, Personal change and transformation, say personal change, and transformation, now let me finish it, not remorse, not regret, and not sorrow are the true proof of proof, true proof of repentance. So repentance just is, isn't just remorse. Repentance just isn't regret or feeling sorry for doing something. True repentance means you're going to change. I'm going to change. Amen. A broken vessel. Let's say it together. A broken vessel will be used by God. A broken vessel is a teachable and humble vessel. A broken vessel is a repentant vessel. Finally, a broken vessel is an empty and surrendered vessel. Amen. Just watch, ushers, if you'd kindly wait upon the people. I know I made a mess. It's all right. We'll pick it up later. Don't worry about it now. Let's take care of communion. As they hand out the elements, I want to invite you, if you're a Christian, you might go to another church. That's all right. If you're a believer, you're welcome at the Lord's table here. Amen. But I want you to examine your heart tonight. How broken are you? Only you can ask, answer that question. Amen. Let's sing that, please.
Jesus for my pardon this I see nothing but the blood of Jesus for my cleansing this my plea it's nothing but the blood of Jesus and oh precious is the flow that makes me white as snow no other fountain no it's nothing but the blood of Jesus nothing can for sin atone Nothing but the blood of Jesus And all of good that I have done Nothing but the blood of Jesus And no precious is the flow That makes me why The cup represents the shed blood of Jesus Christ, which gives us salvation from sin. The bread broken represents the body of Jesus, broken in the crucifixion for our healing. The Apostle Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, states, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore... Whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your precious body that was abused. You were reviled, persecuted scorned, scourged for our sin. We remember You tonight, Lord Jesus, all that Your body endured in the garden before all those soldiers as You were scourged with the cat of nine tails when You carried that cross beam up the hill when you were cursed and ridiculed. We remember you, Lord Jesus, when you hung on the cross. We love you.
And we're so grateful and so thankful that you bore our sin, our sickness and disease, and our shame. And with your stripes, we're healed. So we receive this bread, which represents your body, broken for us tonight. Lord Jesus, we also remember what this cup represents. It represents your blood. And without the shedding of your blood, there be no forgiveness, there be no remission of sin. It's your blood that's washed away all of our sin. It's your blood now that still cleanses our sins past, our sins present, and even our sins future. The Word of God states that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of our testimony. So we're overcomers in this life now because of Your precious blood. We remember You tonight, Jesus. We thank You for Your shed blood. And finally, Father... We remember that we're one body. A united body. Every member, every part of the body is important. Everyone has a gift. Everyone is needed. And so, Father, we're asking in the days ahead, we want to be vessels of honor sanctified and useful for the Master and prepared for every good work. And if you want to be used of God in the days ahead, there will be a breaking. Maybe not today for you. Maybe not tomorrow. Maybe it's in a week or a month. But you remember this message. You remember this night that the anointing of God flows out of a broken vessel. And that anointing destroys the yoke of bondage in the lives of others. We worship You. We love You. And we honor You, Lord Jesus. Thank You, Lord. Let's stand up. I'd ask, and I don't want you to take a long time, but greet somebody, hug somebody, tell somebody you love them, because everyone in this room is important. Amen? Thanks, buddy. I love you. I, uh, that's why I went up the bottom. No, I couldn't. There's only one defective one for $4. Hobby Lobby. I'm sorry I scared everybody. <laughs> God bless you. God bless you. I'm not going to get everybody hugged, but I'll try. God bless you. God bless you, Tony. 
God bless you. God bless you, Diane. God bless you, Ellen. God bless you. You're a hugger, aren't you? Stepped on your toe, sorry. Oh, God bless you. God bless you. Well, I love you. And there's a world out there that needs loving. Amen. So get ready. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you Sunday. Why don't you come on up here.